0: Hello and welcome. I've got uh, with me Ricardo Powell. Yes, the same Ricardo Powell who shattered the dreams of India at Singapore and almost shattered (laughs) it again a month later at Toronto in the year 1999. Welcome to this chat, Ricardo.
1: Hi Chandish, thank you very much.
0: Ricardo, uh, let's start from your early days. You were quite an early starter uh, in Jamaica. Uh, Who were your heroes growing up?
1: Well, I mean, um, at the time growing up, I mean, you used to have so many um, watching West Indies cricket, more so back then, you used to listen more than watch, um, and um, you had people like Sir Viv, you had um, the greats in terms of the opening pair, Gordon Greenwich and Desmond Haynes, and later on, then you had Brian Lara, you had Sir Garfield Sobas. I think um, as a young cricketer growing up in the Caribbean, there, there were so many heroes to look up to, and that's inspired so many young cricketers like myself to really um, desire of having a career in cricket.
0: And did you always want to be a batsman?
1: No, I always wanted to be an all-rounder. Strange enough, my, my favorite um, part of cricket was always fielding. Um, I always liked to be in the field because I felt that at any given moment, the ball will come to you. Compared to batting or even bowling, you might have a choice where somebody, the captain or whoever might give you the ball to bowl if you go to bat you might face one or two balls where you, you get a duck and you come back in so being in the field was always the excited part about it for me um luckily my skill developed in all areas where i was able to bowl both medium pace and off spin and batting is something that turned out very well for me because um of the 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 the, the nature of the kind of game that i played
0: what triggered your call up to the west indies national side
1: well I was fortunate enough and I would say probably blessed enough in high school that I, I did um, fairly well. Um, I, at the last year of high school, I was able to break um, and set a new school record for scoring over 300 runs. Um, that year, I think I scored probably over a thousand runs in, in, in high school cricket. So from there, I, I went to the Jamaica the 19 um, national team and did well in the regional under-19 tournament and got called up into the national team. And again, I mean, I was young, enthusiastic, um, very excited about playing for the country. And in my second game against Barbados, I made 100. And um, at that stage, one of my heroes in um, Sergaf, Go- Sergaf Sobers um, was in Barbados at the time watching that particular game that we played against Barbados where I made 100. And right after then. You had um, the West Indies was going to England for the 1999 World Cup and Carl Hooper um, decided to withdraw from that particular um, team. And Sir Garfield said it's time to introduce some of the youngsters that we have in the Caribbean to that national setup, start to, you know, to to blend and and, and groom these youngsters in the squad. And luckily for me, I was able to make that hundred in front of him. And it was a very exciting one, going for a 50-over World Cup in England. And they figured that this young man must have something to make 100 against Barbados in Barbados. And that's what started my career.
0: Uh, later that year, you go to Singapore for a triangular tournament, which is also featuring India and Zimbabwe. In the final, Western Indies is in a spot of bother. And it looks like India is going to run away with the match. And... Uh, you turn it around with uh, breathtaking innings. Uh, you hit some seven sixes, uh, seven sixes, if I'm not, eight sixes in that match, if I'm not mistaken, against India, equaling Gordon Grange's record. Uh, what went right for you in that particular match?
1: Well, overall, um, things started off very well in that tour. Um, we had a, It was a triangular series tour where Zimbabwe was there as well. And um, in the first two games before that um, final against India, I, I made a, I think I made a 50 against India before in the warm-up. I wouldn't say the warm-up game, but they put round, and I made a 40-something against Zimbabwe. So I was in very good nick. After the World Cup in England, I stayed back and played um, club cricket in England. So I was playing good competitive cricket before going to Singapore. And the the situation there was good batting tracks. The grounds were not as um, big, and um, I mean, from from the, um, the, the 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 feedback of um, the coaches and stuff like that, majority of the the, the bowling was going to be slow bowling, and we know England bowling at uh, not India bowling attack where. The fast bowlers up front will tend to, you know, get the shine off the ball and then the spinners will come in the middle and utilize the, the rough and stuff like that. And for me, it was just a matter of um, preparation, meeting and lock um, at the time because um, I was in very good form.
0: And uh, the final itself, the knock, you scored 124 of 93 deliveries. What was the kind of reaction that you got from the Indian team? especially the likes of Sachin Tendulkar and from from your own team when you finished that match?
1: Well, it was something that is still very um, vivid and, 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 and memorable. Um, not very often you get to, to play at innings like that. I think a lot, for a lot of um, great players and players who have played over 100 ODIs, you really get those magical innings maybe once or twice in your career where you can say, like, that was something special because if you look back at the at the innings and some of the shots that you play, on a normal day, you wouldn't take those chances. And um, just to win that game and, and come out just before the innings was over and, and, and someone like Sachin walk up to you and say, that's one of the best knock he has ever seen. Um, and at the time, I was just turning 20. So that was something that was exceptional. Um, for many players, that's something that could have gone to their head and they take it. Um, the wrong way. But I really took that in a way which yay, I have, I should have a very bright career ahead of me. And this is something that I really have to buckle down and really take serious. And I think what helped me as well is that I never played um, the players who I played against. At the time, I was just playing cricket. I was just enjoying it. I was never looking at um, kumble bowling. Or I just figured that it was just a normal bowler. And I went out there and played the way I knew how to play.
0: Did you think that knock became a boon or a bane for you in your career? Um, could you repeat that again? Sorry, I said, uh, did did you feel that the knock became like the yardstick or the talk around you whenever you went out to bat, or when, you were judged by that knock at all stages of your career?
1: Well, I think I mean cricket is is a game where it's always going to be pressure, and if you play in the sport and you cannot handle pressure, it you will not survive. And for me, it was the um, the the most important innings of my career. I would say because that set me up for a lot of great things to come. I mean, after that, I was able to make a lot um, a lot of great innings. Um, I was able to make great contribution to to winning um, series. Um, for instance, the two thousand and four Champions Trophy in England. Um, but along the way, you had disappointments, just like any other sport. And For me, yes, I was young and I think at the time we didn't have a lot of grooming in West Indies cricket, Um, not a lot of mentor in terms of where you can say as a youngster, you're going to be playing at this level and you can learn on the job. It was just constant ODIs after ODIs. I mean, I can remember in those first four or five years that I played, um, I ended up probably playing like 28 first-class games. So I was always touring. So there was never a break in between where you can say, you know what, I'm going to go back and work on my game, go somewhere else to work on that. You have to learn on the job. And uh, I was pretty much branded then as an ODI player. And even though at the time when I made the West Indies team, my main score was in four-day cricket, which I excelled in before making a West Indies ODI team. So there were a lot of ups and downs, but I think in everything I, I, I give thanks, and um, I was fortunate enough to play over 100 ODIs.
0: Uh, you played another mag- magical knock uh, at uh, Toronto this time, a month after the knock at Singapore. Again, this time you hit seven sixes, again against India. <laughs> you almost won the match this time, but uh, didn't succeed. Uh, do you remember that knock? Ah
1: uh, yes very much so I think there was a a very um big partnership as well between the seventh or sixth wicket um, but again I mean I've always um favored um, playing against India um, I think based on the confidence that I've had from all the previous innings that I've played against them and and that happens in cricket whenever you play against a team and you you take a liking to their bowling or just how you feel confident going out playing against them um. It was just something that from there on, every innings or every series against India, I always tend to do well against them. And that's something that I cherish to this day because I've always said to anybody in this um, climate of cricket, now that if you're going to make a 100, just make it against India. Your career will go on for the rest of your life because people will always remember that 100. Uh,
0: you know, there are lots of... Uh... Uh, comparisons with uh, Sir Viv Richards at that stage because of the fact that you scored uh, almost 2,000 ODI runs at the strike rate of 97, you hit 75 in you know, 100 ODI innings, much like Sir Viv. Uh, did all that uh, comparisons uh, weigh you down as a young player?
1: I think personally, it didn't weigh me down. I think the expectation of the general public um, became very high and if you knew anything about, if you know anything about West Indian people, um, they always um, remember the last thing that you do, never the good things in the past or anything like that. So I realized that very early um, going into West Indies team that the expectation is always going to be high, and people are just going to remember the last thing that you did. And for me, um, whilst the pressure was really high, playing for the West Indies and and the expectation of a lot of people start comparing it to Viv, comparing it to different players, that was going to come when you get into that arena. And for me, at age 19 or age 20, it, it was all new. And there was a lot of expectation. At that stage, you still had people like Brian Lara in the team. You still had a lot of good players, Jimmy Adams. You still had Shiv. You had Sawan. So you had a lot of good players and great players in the team at the time. So again, the expectation to have one player um, carry the back of West Indies um, 50 over team was quite a lot at that age.
0: You made your test debut very soon after that, but got dropped from the test team and then you played just one more test. Uh, Do you think uh, uh, in hindsight, uh, you got a raw deal in test match cricket?
1: Well, a raw deal is probably kind of an understatement. And again, um, when you look at cricket and you look at a career of a sportsman in in this era of time, um, it's something that you could look back and say, yes, um, you know, I could have gotten more opportunities and stuff like that. But for me, I always look at the opportunity that I got and what I could have done better to be able to have a longer career in Test cricket. Um, and saying that to play a one Test match in four years it's it's quite a long and dry spot even though you were doing enough in the other areas to really get a shot at test cricket. But I think maybe test cricket was just not for me and I was destined just to play limited over cricket. Um in the in the test match in um in, in New Zealand, I I actually um, top scored in the first well in the second innings and I got dropped the next test match. Um, it was my first test match, it was a hard test match, um, but I, I said I was fortunate enough to play over 100 ODIs and I look at that and the fact that I was, um, I was blessed enough to have such a long career in ODI cricket. And if we all look at what cricket is today and, and how limited over cricket has taken over the world, I'm not disappointed or, 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 or sad in any way about it.
0: So would the, the 2004 Champions Trophy be a real highlight for you?
1: Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Um, That was probably the World Cup that we never won. Um, and beating England in England at the Oval in 2004, that was something really special. And I think to that day, that's probably our highest highlight of, of my career in terms of uh, w- championship. Because I, what was the sense in playing so many years and you have nothing to show for it?
0: Uh, you uh, then moved from... Jamaica to Trinidad, and that was quite a big move for uh, someone uh, like you at that time of your career. Was that a very big move for you to make uh, at that stage?
1: Yes, it was. I mean, um, there, there were a lot of different um, factors contributing to that move. Um, at the time, I, I can't say I was very happy playing in Jamaica, um, and um, visiting Trinidad over the years. You know, my wife is Trinidadian. Um, it's something that I felt really comfortable doing, um, and just to have a, a whole new career also outside of cricket in business, as well. Um, so Trinidad was one of those places that holds a very special place in my heart to this day because the way they welcomed me and the way the team opened their their arms to welcome me in the team at the time, Darren Ganga was the captain. And I I, I think um, Omar Khan was the manager. And I played almost two and a half, three years, years. And those were some of the best days in terms of, for me, playing first-class cricket. Uh,
0: When you finished playing cricket in 2006, I believe just around that time or just before, uh, Michael Holding felt that uh, the system wasted the talent that Ricardo Powell had. Uh, Do you concur with him?
1: Well, I don't think at the time we had a system, to be honest with you. I mean, if you look at how players were treated, um, we were going from tour to tour. We had no contracts. We had no guarantee that after a tour that you would be selected for the other tour, even if you perform well, um, you had no contacts or dialogue with the selectors. You would just hear over the radio or the television or the newspaper that, hey, you're selected for the next tour. And when you're when you're that young... And also, when you're looking to have a career ahead of you, and and to make sure that you plan futuristically for you and your family, it's something that you have to question yourself at time, and you started putting things in place because there's no guarantee. Um, a selector might not like you. Um, you might have had a manager on tour who writes a bad report, or whatever the case might be, and you come back, and then the next tour is up, and somebody else did well in Barbados or Leeward Islands or. And the team is just selected and you're like sitting home waiting to hear what happened. So there was no guarantee for any player who was playing. So at the time, you really had to step back and, and really make a decision that was best for you at the time. Was West Indies cricket was still going to be there? Um, you look futuristically and say, hey, you know what? I have to do X, Y and Z to make sure that I'm secure. Because at the time, playing for West Indies was not as secure as it is now where players are on retainer. Uh, you, it's your
0: job you moved to the states uh, and uh, you became also a chairman of selectors over there now, tell us something about that move from the west the caribbean islands to the states and getting involved in cricket over there
1: well my main move um, from the caribbean to the us was never about cricket um, it was always about our last son who was diagnosed with autism and we wanted to make that move for him to make sure that he have uh, a life ahead of him uh, because in the caribbean we had nothing set up for kids with autism or Down syndromes or anything like that so we wanted to make that move for him and that was the main move. Accidentally um, I was here for about I would say maybe almost three to four years before I really got involved in USA Cricket that way because USA Cricket had their mess at the time as well where their board was going nowhere. It's when ICC stepped in and decided that Um, they wanted to get cricket on the right path to have a good administration. Then ICC reached out to me and asked me if it is that I could be the chairman of the selection panel to make sure that we get the right players, get the right team and get the right program going here. And I obliged and I volunteered for three years uh, in that position to make sure that we were able to get USA cricket to ODI status.
0: Finally, you are also married to a celebrity television host in that particular region, Alicia, and, uh, uh, and she's quite a famous personality. Uh, was it easy or difficult for her because uh, of your career in the sense that uh, because of her success, was she able to understand the, uh, the, the various uh, plateaus and highs that mm-hmm. you went through in your career?
1: At first, um, it was something that was difficult for her because she didn't understand the whole board um, and how it operated and how selection and stuff like that really um, was done. And that took some time to really um, get used to. And I, I would say, probably overall, she never really got used to it because it was always a roller coaster. And um, luckily, I had a wife who had a great business mind, somebody who was forward thinking and and planning ahead of I was, and um, we were able to make sure that we had something set up for after cricket. And to this day, I still have that in her, Um, in her own right. She, she is um, a media personality, not only in the Caribbean now, but also in the U S and officially probably like about four or five years ago, she changed her name officially to Baja because that's, the name and the, the, the person that comes with everything that she does after her 2008 breast cancer diagnosis, she was literally transformed and changed in terms of her name and everything like that. And the outlook became different. But with West Indies cricket, you just never know what is going to happen tomorrow. And sometimes you have to make sure that you plan according to what you think is right and what you think your future holds for you. And your family and make sure that moving forward everything works out for you the best way that you can plan it
0: finally do you sometimes feel that maybe if you were playing in this era uh, you could be probably looking at the million dollar IPL contract
1: i think everybody in in, in, in that era who played alongside with me and played before me um, would probably say that um but um, I'm, I'm very blessed in terms of my life, in terms of where I'm at now and what I have accomplished over the last maybe eight, eight nine years. Um, I, don't, I, I can't say, yes, I would have probably earned way more money in terms of playing two or three or five, six, seven IPL. But I don't know if I would have gained the experience and life lessons that I have earned now and the kind of human being that I am today. So I think in everything in life, you have to give and take, and you don't know what part is really made out for you. I played for six years, and I was blessed enough to play the amount of games that I played, and I think that contributed for something else in my life. Uh, maybe somebody who is playing now would not have taken that road maybe five, six years ago, and maybe that was not their part. But I think I believe in um, in, 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 in my um, in my faith in terms of what is meant for you is for you, and what Life has to offer you, it will all come to you in the end.
0: Thanks a lot, Ricardo. You will always be remembered in India. We'll never forget you for what you did to Sachin Tendulkar in <laughs> Singapore. Uh, uh, may you keep doing what you're doing well and uh, hope you stay safe in these uh, times of coronavirus.
1: Thank you, Chandrash And same to you guys in India as well.
0: Thanks a lot. Uh-